0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the Digest and Invest podcast. Um, joined by the main man all the way in Sydney, Australia, back from Thailand uh, in Bangkok, and also from a lovely little skiing holiday. Josh Gilbert, how are you?
1: Very good, Sam. Very good. Refreshed, as, as you could probably imagine from uh, those couple of breaks, but back on back on deck now don't plan to be going anywhere far for a, for a while so
0: are, are you actually refreshed because sometimes you go on holiday right and it's i mean bangkok wouldn't have been a quiet one skiing nice. is again probably not a quiet one you actually almost need a holiday after a holiday sometimes i find but do you actually feel refreshed and ready to go or or did you need the weekend
1: um well so this was it so i didn't get back from skiing until late on sunday night so yeah it i didn't really have much time to think about it but it wasn't that the thing I can say was that I didn't, I obviously didn't work in that time, so I felt refreshed from work. So it's good to to come back and and sort of get straight back into it. Um, because yeah, you 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 could miss so much in markets over a week. So uh, yeah, it's good to it's good to jump back in. No,
0: yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What we had so far today before we get into what we can discuss on the podcast, we obviously had the UK inflation, which came in at nine point four percent. Uh, which is a new 40-year high, as the last reading was as well. So that's just getting higher. Um, driven by fuel and food prices, Prices. it's the second highest inflation of any developed economy behind only Spain, uh, I was reading, and set to worsen to over 10%, as we know. Some people reckon 11%. I think I saw one of your tweets uh, saying that there. Um, however, there were some glimmers of hope with the second straight easing of underlying core inflation so that's when you take out the volatile sort of food and energy prices um so that's you know something to to consider um i guess we're just gonna see uh at the next bank of england meeting whether they go 50 or whether they go 25 i, I don't really think there's enough in there for them to go 50 unless they think you know what we're gonna have to play catch up and before that obviously we, we had canada raise interest rates by one percent which was shock to the market got the fed next week if they're to do something drastic then maybe the bank of england might think well hang on we need to as well so i think we'll know more as we go through the fed which of course is next wednesday the 27th uh but on the the podcast for us this week there's a few things that we uh can talk about um the last sort of or I will say last earnings reports the we'll talk about the earnings report from last night from from Netflix uh which is obviously just come out uh we'll have a talk about the reaction we've seen since then we'll talk about Tesla uh, and their earnings and we'll talk about the recovery in the crypto market and, and then we can finish up by talking about the US dollar which has had a incredible year so far
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, those are the topics for 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 this week, and I think they're the main topics to cover. Some weeks it's difficult to to pick out three of the most newsworthy topics for the week, but it's pretty easy right now when we're sort of trying to just narrow it down into just three topics at the moment. So,
0: yeah, it, it was it was a pretty easy discussion. Didn't last too long between us, which is always good, right? Just yeah. straight down to business. These topics, uh and then we can uh, go from there. But uh, look after a pretty incredible rise over the last few years for netflix you know if you look at its share price and it's has been on an incredible journey uh but the last two earnings reports for netflix not talk about last night have been catastrophic you know for their share price i think and and i was checking yesterday during a webinar i think it was down about 73 percent from its high this time yesterday for example this time on 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 tuesday 70 odd percent off its all-time high how has it reacted since the earnings last night after market close were there any key takeaways for you um when looking into this josh how has the market reacted
1: um so, yeah, but obviously before the market opens uh, today, which obviously may change things, Netflix is actually the worst performing stock in the S&P 500 in 2022. So the word catastrophic was was very well placed there, Sam. Um, and obviously, yeah, had, had a tough year. You know, obviously going back to the last quarter, pulling out of Russia, uh, saw them obviously report a loss in subscribers for the first time in over 10 years. And then the guidance for this quarter was, was pretty dismal. Um, but the loss of subscribers that came through this quarter was actually better than feared. Still pretty bad, um, but it's going to give some relief to investors. You know, after after a lot of pain, as you said, down sort of seventy three percent. If you can take a, you know, any sort of good news, you're going to take it, and, and that's what's happened here. So the stock rose about seven and a half percent after hours. You know, look that that might change when the market actually opens today in in the U S. and you know, and investors maybe digest the results a little bit because, you know, at the end of the day, they still lost nine hundred seventy thousand subscribers for the quarter. As I say, it was lower than the two million subscribers that Street expected them to lose, but it's still a loss in subscribers. Um, and obviously, these these losses are sort of coming from the two major markets, which is obviously the U.S. and Europe. Uh, we obviously spoke about it at the start of the podcast. You know, UK inflation just came in at nine point four percent. You know, the U.S. just had a reading of nine point. I think it was nine point one percent both regions are obviously experiencing that that inflation and those rising living costs and again these haven't been seen for over 40 years you know consumers are becoming more and more cautious with their spending and ultimately netflix is is not on the list of necessities right now look don't get me wrong probably cutting your your netflix um you know subscription for the month isn't probably going to change what's happening in the world but when you're cutting down on everything netflix is just one of those that as i say is just going to go you know especially when you know people aren't even being able to afford to to put fuel in their cars etc um But despite the loss in subscribers, um, as I'm sure we probably all were aware, um, they did put prices up globally um, not that long ago. And that helped revenues. Uh, Revenues were up 10 percent year over year despite that loss in subscribers. So that's obviously helped uh, from from sort of the revenue point of view. And and as I said, I think, you know, the the major loss obviously came from the U.S. and Europe. And I think what's happened there is they've sort of hit that maturity in those two regions um, and and the numbers are tailing off and and pretty fast in, in both those regions. You know, when you're at the top, there's only one place to go, um, and I think that's why Netflix is struggling with that right now. They were so strong, you know, they were so confident for a long time. Nobody was anywhere near them. You know, it was just a one, you know, we, we've, you know, Netflix and chill, all of that. It's just, it's a verb, isn't it? Now we well, let's watch Netflix. Uh, it's known as that, Um but there are cheaper alternatives. You know, Disney plus they've got its advertising model in place already. They've got great content for families. It's basically just a one and everything package. Um, You know, something for the, the parents to watch something for the kids to watch. And it's cheaper. Um, so I think to keep going in the U.S. and in Europe, it's going to be really costly for Netflix uh, and especially when you're competing with content against Disney, you know, that's going to be hard when, you know, all we think about with Disney, if you really think about it is, is movies and then obviously, you know, parks, etc. Um, but one show or one hit, I think, can change things. You know, Asia Pacific was Netflix's bright spot that gained over one million subscribers. It was the highest growth by region by a clear margin. It was pretty much the only region to, to actually grow subscribers. And I think that continues to show the ongoing popularity of you know Squid Game. Um, that's basically, it's just seen an absolute, you know, huge number of subscribers come through from the region after that um and they're wanting similar content you know and, and that's what's going to happen then this course so you had the release of stranger things which actually helped retain a number of subscribers i think that was one of the reasons that they they didn't see such a, a larger loss in subscribers but you know, something like that can really change its fortunes around um and again it's all about the content it's it then again that's why with why we go there that's what it's about um but yeah i wouldn't get too excited you know it was better than feared i don't think it's going to be smooth sailing to the top Uh, for Netflix they've got a long way to go but I guess they have been pretty punished for these issues so far this year and I think that's where we Maybe why we've seen a bit of relief Um, and they have predicted that they would add a million um, new subscribers in Q3 and current projections are actually anticipating them to add around about four and a half to five million users in Q4, which would obviously be a significant increase. So um, it's pretty mixed at the moment, as I said, I wouldn't get too excited if I was a um, a Netflix shareholder, but it's certainly certainly looking a little bit brighter than it has been in the last two quarters.
0: Yeah, and, and I think it's up five or so percent at the time pre-market. It'd be interesting to see how it fares at the close or play today. I think from an investing standpoint, that would be what I'd be looking at. Does the gap higher that you're going to see on the US cash open, does that last or is that sold into? Uh, I guess in summary, Netflix is up as it's less bad than the market expected, um, which has been a positive because the last two earnings, as we said, were catastrophic. So I think for any netflix uh shareholders you, you're breathing a sigh of relief this morning i i think um another key earnings report is tesla another stock that's off its high by some distance um what are we looking to find from their earnings you know i actually uh have a few you know technical levels marked up on the tesla chart resistance level just above where we're trading and if we are to have good earnings we get above that for me that's a signal that sentiment's changed and i can look to you know, maybe look. Uh, to build a long position Um however the gut feeling which isn't always right I must say is that it's not going to be amazing but what are your thoughts what we're we looking out for uh, how are investors playing this at the moment
1: well, well similar to sort of the Netflix scenario really um, we're probably already expecting um, a bit of a negative report um, so you know expectations aren't very high and, that, and that's coming off of the back of their delivery numbers that they had for q2 they were weaker than anticipated and um, and actually, you know, marked a, a two-year end to, to continuous gains, but the main man, Elon Musk, he's always got a trick up his sleeve. So I'm not going to ride him off just yet. Um, you know, he, he's the he's the brains um, of it all, and um, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to ride him off too early. And I think that the focus for it is going to be on what the street's going to look at is is those those margins um the impressive margins as well they've been able to maintain these for many years uh, and if they can preserve those margins amid supply chain issues rising costs and the lockdowns etc well that's going to be even more impressive so i think that's going to be you know a big focus um and again you know you know amongst the supply chain issues of rising costs, et cetera. They have tried to sort of manage that. They're laying off staff in that time. They're taking precautions to cut costs. But as I say, I think that's going to be a big focus. I also think outlook's going to be really key. As I say, many know that this probably could be a difficult quarter, but it's how they're obviously going to be able to respond, right? What happened with the delivery numbers was pretty much out of Tesla's hands. They, they couldn't help the, the, their Shanghai factory was closed due to lockdowns. Um, nothing in, in you know, in their realm could have, could have uh, essentially stopped that. Um, and then Musk came back with that when, when we had those weak Q2 deliveries, uh, he came back fighting, telling us that June's production was its highest on record, you know? So they're not just going to lay down here. You know, m- you know, Musk, as we know, is he put out that statement not too long ago. You know, you're not working from home. If you're an executive, you're getting into the office, you know, so he's a taskmaster and he's going to get these guys working. So I think the second half of the year forecast will be really important, obviously deliveries in Q3. And if they give them Q4 as well. Um, But, you know, again, I think production is is the biggest thing because demand is is seriously high. Um, But the production is is obviously what's 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 holding them back. And and ultimately, demand is outstripping that supply. Um, Another positive to take away is that obviously, you know, must Twitter bid seem, you know, is obviously seemingly off the table. And I think, you know, that will please investors to know that, you know, the the brains behind the brilliance of Tesla is is sort of back laser focused. Once again, he might still have a court case to come up, but, you know, at least he's not buying another company, at least. but as I said, you know, despite all of that, despite the brains of Musk, he can do little to address, you know, the the, the Covid lockdowns in China. Uh, and ultimately, cases are, are still continuing to emerge there. And we know that they've got this sort of zero Covid policy. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tight stance. They've still got cases popping up. So you know, this coupled with the fact that Musk himself actually believes that a recession is imminent. He said that himself. You've obviously got soaring inflation. You know, that creates a multitude of challenges heading into the second half of the year for tesla you know it's not a pretty macro environment right now and you know that's one of the main reasons that we've seen the share price get hit pretty hard this year um and you know as i say will that dent demand going forward if we do fall into a recession you know are people going to be still wanting to buy luxury vehicles like tesla's do will we still have you know the, the capital to do that retail sales are still strong at the moment but if a recession comes through then that might not be the case um so it's just going to be interesting to see how how that changes um but as i say ultimately we know that that musk can deliver when he needs to so i wouldn't write him off but again as i say that going into it expectations are, are are pretty low but it wouldn't surprise me if uh if he delivered once again
0: yeah you can't write elon musk off i have to say i was listening to to a podcast um while i was in the gym which is probably the biggest shock of this whole podcast itself but uh what the podcast uh, or the gym the, the gym um okay. yeah it hasn't happened as much as i would have liked but anyway i was listening to this podcast and they were talking about um it's actually my one my old mentor he was talking about elon musk and he was saying for tesla to really kick on as a company he reckons i need to get rid of elon musk and actually i'm of the opposite view i think elon musk is what makes tesla um, I think he's a great showman for, for sure but also I think his mind is is what maybe attracts people to want to invest in Tesla so you know while I imagine uh, as as the top shareholders you're always on edge whenever he tweets um, yeah. I'm, I'm still in the camp that I think he's the the man for the job I'm sure there will be people that disagree and clearly there are but we'll we'll see we'll see but I guess if you're going off what Elon Musk is predicting about the recession and you talk about China there, the zero COVID policy. I'd love to know if you someone was to ask him tomorrow, is it a good time to invest in Tesla? And he had to ask honestly, he probably would say no if he's going off in mm. you know, a recession soon and and uh and the zero COVID policy. But I'm sure if he was to answer, he wouldn't be honest. Um, next up for us today is crypto. To talk about crypto, which has over the last sort of few days certainly Ethereum, anyway, and and other coins have had uh, a great recovery. um I mean, obviously, look, still significantly lower from the highs we saw at the back end of last year. But you know, are you, are you putting this this move higher that we've had over the last few days down to anything in particular? Do you think it's the start of a sustained recovery, or are you on edge a little bit?
1: yeah definitely on edge um i think you know there's been less bad news in markets over the last few days which i think is sort of put some wind in the sales of, of crypto um of course we've had some reprieve in equity markets which has obviously helped we've had a bit of a rally there um you know again obviously when we had that inflation reading out of the u.s you know we we had a you know suddenly 100 basis point hike and then we sort of everyone calmed down a little bit and the fed sort of reassured Reassured us in in that sense. Um, we also had some positive news around the the date for the long-awaited you know Ethereum merge, which you mentioned there, Sam, as well. That's been pinned for the nineteenth of September, uh, and that's as I say, long-awaited. That's obviously given Ethereum a, a nice boost up more than sort of fifty percent in the last week or so. Um, and to your point, is it sustained? Are we going to have a rally from here? Maybe we are finding a bottom. Maybe that sort of low that we had around sort of seventeen and a half thousand. Maybe that's it. But also, maybe it's a bit of a bull trap as well. Um, You know, ultimately, we're starting to see positive momentum, and that's great. Obviously, Bitcoin is, you know, back above $23,000. The further we get away from the lows of the year, you know, that's obviously great without sort of stating the obvious. But... um, we've had the conversation a couple of times and we spoke about it there with tesla the macro environment is still a bit shaky you know again musk is believing that recession is imminent uh, imminent um you know there's inflation is red hot we've got rate hikes etc i'm just not sure we're 100 percent out of the woods yet of course you've got to take the positivity when it comes we're getting less bad news and this is what we said you know a number of times is that Yes, the price is declining, but we're still getting these advancements coming through. Right. You're still getting this Ethereum merge. There's still positivity coming through behind the scenes. So and that's not actually been rewarded, um, I think, over time with with um, with crypto. But it seems that that's starting to, to to be the case. And maybe that is just because you know, we've had so much pain, that you know, a little bit of good news does go a long way. Um, what i would say though is that what is interesting to see is that we are actually seeing investors um you know holding their assets or choosing to to buy the dip you know we and that's coming from that retail investor survey that we obviously did with with Ben Laidler a couple of weeks ago you know i think this points towards the growth that retail investors see from the industry you know it's there's a huge change over the last couple of years but it also reflects I think their timelines as well, you know, they're happy to be buying in at these lower levels, dollar cost averaging, uh, you know, and sit on their hands and wait for these assets to to flourish. You know, it's really difficult, I think, right now to see a future um, within finance and just general life without sort of the use of blockchain technology. Um, and And I think people are starting to understand that. And then. You know, on top of that as well, you know, if we look into some sort of on chain data, so we're looking into sort of the exchanges, what's actually going on, um, you know, with crypto, what, you know, investors are doing or well, stablecoin balances on exchanges are at actually all time highs. Well, this is actually really interesting um, for me because, you know, dis- this is despite the collapse of UST, you know, that was a pretty brutal collapse. People lost a lot of money in that in, in obviously in a stable coin. And what it tells me is that investors aren't leaving, you know, crypto completely at this time. You know, they're obviously moving into, you know, stable coins to you know obviously take advantage and um you know or, or take shelter i should say from the volatility but they aren't leaving and turning to cash completely um you know they're waiting for the market to either bottom out they're either waiting to sort of you know re-enter the market when they see fit you know and it puts you know it ultimately again it's not a key indicator um i want to make that clear this is some on-chain data from glass node but it does point to more money actually being on the sidelines it's staying in the ecosystem or waiting to be buying into the ecosystem Uh, and that's different to what we've seen you know in previous market cycles again we've come a lot a long way we've matured there's a lot more money in the market but I think that it for me it does sort of you know point towards that you know there's patient investors sat there and they're ready to scoop up some some cheaper prices as they come along Uh, and and that's a really key sign for me that people aren't leaving the space they're just waiting for some of this volatility to sort of really ride out before they jump back in
0: yeah no really interesting time and, and as you say it's not the, the be all and end all but certainly a nice piece of the puzzle the you know, the stuff on the stable coins there so something to keep a watch on technically you got some nice moves and and there's a few resistance levels literally just a little bit above where we're trading across the board and if there you go sentiment is only going to improve and and that mm. could could really help the case for yes we have bottoms out yes we are going to move higher I I I guess it comes down to broader markets, uh, the reaction we see this time next week with the Fed and, you know, if they come out in are super, super hawkish, these risk assets are going to struggle. But if mm. they, you know, are, are not as hawkish as maybe as expected, you know, we've already seen a few times this year when that happens, the markets do rally. And when if you if you rally after already forming a bottom, that's when things can change. So, yeah, I can understand people being more positive. Uh, so interesting interesting one thing that obviously has moved crypto this year is the US dollar so let's let's talk about that I mean it's been on an absolute tear it really has which might surprise some people who I imagine this sort of time last year it was but they were saying how the dollar is dead you know I'm pretty sure there were calls uh, about how the dollar would be replaced as a reserve currency of the world did you see any of these calls
1: yeah, I mean very foolish. Um it's up twenty percent this year and um I'm not sure it's probably gonna stop for the for the time being. Um makes up sixty percent of global currency reserves and and it's uh it's the dominant it's it's the dominant force. And you know, after COVID um, you know, we're we're seeing investors sort of turning back towards the dollar as that sort of safe haven, you know, especially in this current market volatility, people are buying dollars. You know, strength has also meant that you know inflation hasn't got worse. You know, we're seeing sort of lower import prices in that sense as well. So, um, it's positive in that sense. Of course, it does come with a little bit of negativity. Um, you know, globally, um, but in, you know, in the short term, it's it's provided a great haven for investors so far this year. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you see the dollar performing well in the back end of the year? I mean, it does look like a, a play against some other currencies. Obviously, we had the euro US dollar hit parity, obviously last week. Um, you know, I've obviously got eyes on the the AUD USD as well because surely it's got to weaken at some point, right?
0: Yeah. Do you know what I saw? I saw an Instagram or Twitter, one of them. I think um, it was actually uh, Twitter. It was an American looking at holiday destinations and I think it was in Italy and they're looking at the price of hotels and they just couldn't believe how cheap it was I'll tell you who's Mm. been really happy here is the American tourist who's been traveling all over Europe and other places who are just getting so much bang for their buck um when it comes to predictions look, we I guess we've got to weigh it up dress it up from both sides but you know you recapped a couple of bits there but let's just go through that again it's obviously been on this tear we saw it as you said reach parity hasn't actually closed below parity I must say but that's the first time it's reached parity against the euro in 20 years uh, and other you know there's many other currencies that are struggling there are a couple that are higher against the dollar but most have struggled this year the the dollar yen uh, I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the year just consumed helium because all it has done is go up and up and up I mean if you've missed that train you're regretting it now and whenever I do the the webinar on on a Tuesday free Toro and we look at the dollar yen and there's a few people saying, is it time for it to come down? I said, well, you know, while I wouldn't want to, to be long because you're, you're almost chasing this train now. I don't really fancy being short either. Um, but look, you know why have we got to where we are? You mentioned a few points there. You know, coming out of that inflation, um, coming out of that pandemic, we've seen inflation sky high in most places in the world, anyway. Uh, and we've obviously got recession fears that are mounting. It's no, it's not just Elon Musk that thinks that that dollar has acted as the safe haven. Uh, so investors are looking for that flight to quality. And I think in in quarter two, it was pretty much the only thing that that actually did go higher. Um, and to add to that, to to try and control this inflation, central banks are raising rates in most parts, obviously not maybe in, in China or Japan, but they're looking to raise rates. In the US are uh, are leading the way in many regards. So that's another reason why the dollar has strengthened as investors look for yield in a market. As we said, that's just been bleeding. You know, there hasn't been many markets or assets that have performed too well. So, with growth fears, safe haven flows, rate rises, recession fears, other economies behind the Fed, it makes a pretty good cocktail for US dollar bulls. But can it continue? How much is actually priced in? We know all of that. We we think that might all continue. So, have we got to a point where actually we priced in all the bad news? Maybe, probably not. Though, I, I, I guess most of it. So There's probably a little bit more where it can run. Um, you know, any any other countries catching up? You know, it would be interesting to see what the ECB do tomorrow. Uh, the Bank of England soon as well. Obviously, we saw Bank of Canada shock the market last week, and there is talk that the ECB are going to be more hawkish. Uh, the Bank of England 25 or 50 basis points we might be you know sitting in a few weeks and they did do 50 so they maybe do try to catch up and then it's a different story so maybe that helps the US dollar bears but you know a lot of the areas are still you know they're struggling you know we're likely to see a recession in the UK Europe has had loads of issues and Japan too you know despite all the recent comments from the Bank of Japan official the currency continues to weaken Um, I saw Ben Laidler um, he had some comments about the US dollar strength and he was saying it he reckons it's going to affect earnings as we all do and it's going to shave five percent off the earnings uh growth of the s p 500 companies this year or roughly 100 billion dollars so that's you know big effect you know given mm. uh that earnings among those companies are forecast to grow around 10 percent this year
1: look yeah, ultimately mentioned it last night yeah. And they know because they've already called it. So
0: they are. A lot of them are coming out to say, you know, the strength. It's a good excuse to have, by the way, isn't it? If earnings struggle, you'd be like, strong dollar.
1: <laughs> Not our fault. Not what our fault. can we do? Yeah.
0: yeah. That's what I'd be doing as CEO. I'd be straight on Twitter, strong dollar. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Um <laughs> but then someone be like, Well, you should be looking to hedge. and actually that's the thing that Netflix have been notoriously very badly bad at. And I know there are mm. some people that have been saying it for a long time that they need to um Hedge that risk. Anyway, look, ultimately, I think the dollar strength does continue, albeit I think the largest part of the move has already happened. So I'm not expecting another 20% or something like that. Um, I think with Europe and the energy crisis, Japan struggling to think about raising rates, the uncertainty in the UK and China's zero COVID policy, that doesn't change anytime soon. And therefore, I think that dollar still remains strong um but yeah i reckon still some strength albeit not as much
1: yeah absolutely and, and it's just going to you know going to be so interesting i think you know last quarter on the earnings reports FactSet set sort of an you know announced that they had the you know one of the highest numbers of you know companies citing inflation on their reports and i just wonder how many in this quarter will obviously talk about inflation but also talk about that us dollar as you say you know a quick a, a quick blame um you know netflix is yeah. one of the biggest companies to report so far obviously outside of the banks um, you know, and they're obviously um, you know already turning towards that already. So it's it's certainly going to be an interesting earnings season and a pretty key one, to be honest, you know, given the fact that we need something to continue to anchor this market. Um, you know, we spoke a lot about the macro environment. You know, maybe are we finding a bottom to this market? You know, earnings are so key um, because, you know, if they are weaker, then, you know, it's going to that anchor is going to snap and maybe we we see a a bit more downside. But if they are a little bit stronger and, you know, if they're better than than feared, ultimately we saw that with Netflix earlier, um, you know, hopefully it does you know bring that sort of positivity back to markets again.
0: My fingers are crossed anyway. My fingers Mm -hmm. are crossed for that. Um, Yeah. Hopefully, this time next week we'll be talking about earnings have produced and markets are higher and cryptos continued to recover. Uh, although whenever we've had these good feelings, uh, you know, this year there's always been another story that comes out, um, and it's been the story of 2022. Um, but look, we'll we'll wrap the the potty there. We'll be back next week. Um, remember, you can go to the Etoro Academy to find all the webinars, the guides, all the podcasts as well. Uh, there's videos on there, loads of of stuff uh, to to get your your teeth sucked into. Um, but yeah, Josh and I will be back next week.
1: Indeed, we will, and I hope everyone everyone enjoys the rest of their week. Thanks, guys.
0: Take care, everyone. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from Etoro. For more information, visit etoro.com.